work with me. It's a, what, no, the opposite happened on Elite, dude. Dave was like, <laughs> like you could hear heavy breathing yeah. the entire <laughs> podcast. If you listen to it with headphones, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. It's just basically what CPAP sound like at all billion times. We good. We good. All right. all right, we're back here with the Chaos Lab and Controlled Chaos Episode Three with Travis and Eric. That was four. No, this is three. <laughs> we filmed four. Ah, uh, uh, they haven't aired uh, four. Four yeah. comes out after this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Playing with y'all. I keep going on my toes. Yeah. We're basically sitting here on the platform. What will be our first WRPF meet? And surprisingly, we already have some work to do. So. <laughs> I, I wasn't even, even going to say anything. That's an understatement. Damn. <laughs> learning curves. It's all about learning curves, which I am happy to have very experienced people to help come down and run this because otherwise it would have been just a mess. Um, first, let's kind of get into what you guys do together and how you guys met. Dude, that is kind of a cool story, though. How that is met. cool. Yeah. Um, before we even get into that, man, I just want to say... Um, Really appreciative, Sean. I'm really glad to be here. Um, yes, we have work to do, but I mean, like, me and Eric said that right off the bat. Like, we're happy to be here. Like, we want to help. I think this place and what you're doing uh, so far, including tonight, like, I squat and deadlifted last night. I benched tonight. Have a phenomenal crew of people. You have a great community, and I think you're doing a really good job. So, I mean, honestly, you could only do better stuff from here, including the podcast, including me directing, including everything. But you obviously have a really good group of core people here, not only that work here to help you, but also just in general at your gym. So be negative in all the shit you want right now. But, dude, you have a very positive group of people behind you. So you should be fucking proud of that, man. My humor is very pessimistic, so <laughs> it's dry. <laughs> it's very dry. You'll be a lot better off after we leave here. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in a, in a good way. Oh yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> that wasn't like no. a motherfucker. You need no. us. <laughs> like, it wasn't like a, no, no, not at all. I cannot make y'all drive four and a half, five hours down here every time we need help. How, so. how far was your drive? It's like two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, two so and a half. Mine was like Wait, five. where are you from? I'm just outside Annapolis. Oh, I uh, thought he was like with you with no. you. No, I'm on he's, the other, I'm on the other side of the he's bridge. He's witch me. He's like Whitney, but not with me. We're close enough. Close <laughs> enough. All right, so we'll get into what we do. Um, so, um, for those of people who aren't familiar with me, my name is Travis Rogers, aka Papa Bear. Um, been raw lifting for ten years. Uh, doing the second ten in gear. Um, in gear and on gear, it's like the darkest side of powerlifting you could possibly go. Pretty much, I don't think you come back from that really. I gotta um, put that in my bio in gear and on gear. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's like why wouldn't you say that? Show the shirt. Yeah, right. in gear and on gear. Like, <laughs> I feel like people who are natty as fuck would still buy that shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's, I would buy it. Yeah, right. It's got a good ring to it. All right, coin that shit immediately. <laughs> Don't let Sean put it on a t-shirt before we do. Um, so uh, I'm part of the EC board. We don't really like to call it like the board of directors or EC. We don't even really like to call it EC board. Just like the core five people who are in charge of the WRPF would be. Myself being one of them as the referee manager. So what I do is I write the tests. I do the back of the scorecards, um, give practicals, train other people, give practicals, help wherever I can, and basically just be a larger implement and tool for the WRPF. Um, and Eric is a guy who has been working with me way before the WRPF when we had the USPA transition. Went through really hard times and uh, 
before I let Eric introduce myself, I speak very, very highly of Eric as I literally, I literally tell you everybody you're my right hand man because I fucking trust you with everything. So, uh, and above that, Eric keeps me fucking sane. So I don't lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm Eric Martinez. Uh, I am a Maryland WRPF ref and new meet director. Uh, I've been powerlifting for roughly five years, started in 2019. Uh, CT is my first coach. And then uh started with Travis as a referee doing my practical in October of 2021, shortly after my second meet with USPA, where I met Travis. Uh, and that build. was at the uh, Power Build meet, right? Power and this build. was uh, this is Power Build, not... um. Where's the other Power Build? Kanchi. Kanchi, right? So this is King of Prussia. This is... KOP that's m way obviously more popular yeah, now. Yeah, look, uh, nothing like what you see on videos today. Yeah, yeah. This is this is KOP when like before the pre. Yeah, when CT was like what we talked about this last night. It was literally like the guys in the back drywalling it while this meet was going on, and it was the very first one. They had the uh, the rented out like yeah, rented out porta potty. Yeah, I mean, but it was it was legit, dude. That was one of the most fun meets yes. I've ever had. Me and Eric met because you were lifting with your brother, no, correct? Right. right. And did we talk that meet or just kind of in no, passing? Just, just in passing. Yeah, in passing. Um, I had a blast that meet and kind of like met Eric indirectly through that and just kind of in passing. And then later on, we got hooked yeah, up with the practical summer. and stuff. Yeah, that it was that summer. That summer. It was, well, it was later that summer, right? Because yeah. I, it was. I did my test, I think, in August. And then we met like late August, early September before the practical just kind of came down. Right, because it, it was Summer Slam, right? Yeah, yeah Summer Slam. Um, and that gym was fucking slammed at the time, dude. It was super popular for like a first meet, especially in the area. I mean, because everyone's there to support CT. Everyone was getting more into. Was that split? Was that all untested? It was all untested. Two platforms, 120 yeah. lifters. Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy ass meet because they flipped platforms in my flight, like right before it ended, yes. right? Yeah. We jumped, <laughs> jumped flights. Like it was, it was wild, man. It was a good time. But it was it had a lot of heavy hitters, me, and that was like before I got injured. So I was still lifting really heavy raws, like me, um, Phil Herndon, uh, Zach Myers. Uh, the girls were stacked too. Gabby was there Gabby putting was up there. some crazy weight. Um, Beal, Johnny Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the younger guys. Um, fucking Sergio was there. Sergio was there. Yeah, because I had that awesome photograph of me yeah. and him that I talk about. Uh, that even made it to one of the Elite FDS articles. Yep. Yeah, man. So it was a cool meet, and not only is it a cool meet to have some of the older guys there, like lifting hard as shit raw, but seeing some of the younger guys come up and talk to them, and like again, like that picture of Sergi, like be able to like resonate and see the younger guys coming up and try to set that example of like, hey, these are the guys who have been here for a while, but what you're doing as a younger lifter, you're doing it right in the sport, and like it was cool to acknowledge those guys, and I got to meet a lot of those younger guys at that meet. Yeah, I think they had two flights of women at that meet. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just a big meet all around. I mean, we're just watching it online. I mean, it was a pretty cool event. We had talked about going up there because I think one of the days was just pretty, like, open, just like a lifting party. Oh, yeah. Friday, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, They yeah. do Friday night they at the do, bar. Yeah, Friday night at the bar, yeah. yeah. That gets crowded. Everybody's up there. Because I'm real uh, kind of like internet friends with uh, their main videographer, uh, Sue Trent. Sue's, yeah. yeah, Sue's dude. awesome. Yeah. Sue, yeah. Sue has done some of the best photography yeah. I've had, dude. And um. I've asked his permission, of course, to pass on stuff to, like, yeah. Kabuki's done photographs of me with, like, the belt, with the duffalo bar that Sue's mm -hmm. taken that they've used for advertising. Yeah. So, I mean, it was cool to help him get his name out there, too. Yeah, Sue, he's one of those people where he don't, he don't care who you are. Whatever <laughs> no, the question so it is, he's going to answer it. He always going to 
he led me he led me on the right path as far as just like certain shit that i want like certain style like helping me find my own style and just certain shit like equipment wise like what works best for me yada yada and stuff and just i'm not gonna front with you i'm excited to see some of the pictures you took when we were just like bullshitting around yeah. oh yeah man no, no i'm excited just, to see those they got a brand new camera and everything yeah. too oh that was brand new yeah. like well, uh last night and today uh so yes no nah, so yesterday was a different camera but the new one came in today nice yeah cool man cool yep. i mean yeah like going back to suit and ct and then like that's some of the people we talked to at the american pro mm-hmm. we were because we were like what two three weeks out from opening this gym yeah and we were still like there talking to them about different strategies how to make it have the same culture that they have how to make it grow faster mm-hmm. things like that like keys to success and it's crazy you mentioned ct because i mean i've said this on cd's podcast i've said it on a couple podcasts man i'm never ashamed to say it like especially on the eastern shore and on like the east coast like ct is one of the guys a few guys that i look up to and i hold to a high standard because like dude like ct is one of the guys who's building his brand building his gym but still he very much caters to the lifter and it's especially evident at his meets and it shows he gives a fuck they're packed yeah and culture is everything yeah yeah. but i mean and he knows that Mm -hmm. but and and never never once have i felt like i've been around ct and he like sold out right like you know i never felt like that around him i remember um i did a a meet and greet deadlift party with a bunch of guys uh my name was on the roster like he had the cool like picture with me on the poster with everybody and it was my first one back since uh double quad surgery mm-hmm. so like to even still be like up there was really cool to me and i'm like bro these guys are like dogging big weights rolling i'm just like there's a lot of strong lifters yeah time. yeah and i'm just like dude i felt like at that first time man i felt like i was like even though a younger guy like i'm already a washed up lifter because I'm watched that boom seven plus like fuck okay out of yeah here. but you know what I mean like that was like <laughs> just rip seven off the floor right. I'm not, but washed up compared to like it is it is weird the way we talk about like the younger lifter crowd coming up because like seven ain't shit to them no you know what no, I mean no. it, I mean this if you think it. about in that aspect the growth of the younger generational lifters right now is astronomical man and they don't give a fuck what bar it is like it's power bar it's a stiff bar it's a fucking kabuki bar it don't matter motherfuckers pulling big numbers so do you feel like the what is it called just the anomaly of you can kind of just drop the bar and that lesson of fear is why deadlifts are big numbers now versus like a squat or a bench so like you mean like like looking at okay no i see what you're saying no i think that's a cool thing to talk about especially um I don't know. I I mean, you do see bigger lifts from the younger generation, more so in deadlift. I would agree with that. I would say, like, you know, if we're just using, like, social explosion and looking at more things like king of the lifts and things like that, like, Mm -hmm. you're much more inclined to see from the younger generation definitely a deadlift, right? Like, I know even when I was more popular in there for raw and shit, like, Bro, like I was like, your basement you're... deadlifts, yeah. I was yeah. like, bro, you ain't gonna see my bench on here. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting picked up for bench on there. But like, it was deadlift, and I would been on there for a couple squats. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I think it's more the ability to be more aggressive and get more views that way socially yeah. is it plays a lot of in the. Not saying they're doing it just for the social, but I think 
that aspect and that lift in particular can get hyped so much quicker, right? Yeah. Like, how much easier is it to have a group of guys stand around you and fucking hype up one platform and get buck wild with it? You know, in a deadlift party, like, I mean, when you think of, like, a party with one lift, like, nobody's nobody's like, let's have a bench party. Like, <laughs> no one's excited about that. And, I mean, squats are, you know... It, it does get hype, but I think you have a lot more people that it's a much more you need to be together in a very much more safe and controlled environment. So like you're saying, like people can throw the bar. You can get hype. You can let it go. But you got to hold all your shit together until you walk out from under a re-rack on the squat. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think, so, it's, I think it's also because ideally deadlift is the, the lift that you can, you're loading the most weight on too. Yeah. So that, no matter, that number is going to sound crazy especially when you put into perspective like somebody that's like a 67 kg weight class and they're loading up 700 plus pounds deadlifting it like that's fucking crazy i hate deadlifts dude i do they're meh i hate bench i like bench now don't know why it kind of switches yeah i mean i think with deadlifts especially too you have like uh i i always thought it was the one that was even though like i was good at deadlift i feel like it was the one that always would be like the most inconsistent at meets for me and i think of course that had a lot to do with like if you cut weight when you refeed your hands swell so like grip might become an issue long days depending on what meat venue you're doing always plays an issue into your seconds and thirds even though you've maybe pulled them in the gym already like i think all that factors in that um a lot of younger lifters haven't really played that end game yet, right? They're still very fresh in their powerlifting careers in their first year, year and a half, maybe even two years where like that kind of playing style, if you will, like hasn't really been a contributing factor to their, to their success. They haven't really started to reach a top end yet, especially with deadlifts. You know what I mean? But once you start looking at all those things and you stop, you know, aiming in particular for one lift and making it about the total, then I start. I think you're going to start to see more of a change where younger guys start to play smarter. Yeah. Hmm. So what's been, between the both of you guys, um, the most impressive lifts? Like, out of all three, out of all the competitions you guys have ran over the years, like, what's the most... So we're, we're talking out? about ones like we've particular, like, been working at and seen in person? Mm-hmm. Probably Nabil's 700 at. Yeah, I. W- which one? The second one. The one. At, uh, in at, October. At Good Guys. At Good Guys, at Good Guys one. Yeah. All right, so actually, yeah, I would say because he didn't he miss it twice? He did. Yeah, he, he was literally about to bomb out. And I had personally invited I him. This. I had personally invited him back mm-hmm. and been like, hey, there was contention with judges, with online presence about your first pull. I want you to come back to my place in front of really high-level judges, strict-ass judges, and pull that shit and leave no question that that was a good fucking lift. And he missed it twice. Yes. And everybody was, like, on the edge of their fucking seat at that meet, and he fucking pulled it in front of... Who who were the judges at the time? Me. You, Candy, and Doug. Me, Candy, and Doug. So it was, like... Two at two, 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 two great two gray shirts and a blue shirt. Yeah, so two world level judges in a national. Close so, second would be Phil's nine oh six in 
sleeves at Exile. Yeah. Just a couple months ago, whatever it was. Um, one of my favorite lifts, uh, dude, Um, I think my very first meet we had at the cave, No Luck won. No Luck won. It's so hard to believe that's going to be No Luck 4 this year. Yeah. It's been such a small amount of time. Like, for me to be able to say, you know, this is my fourth annual meet for No Luck at my own gym, I'm like, fuck, dude, like, where does the time go? And I can't wait for you, like, to have that realization. Yeah, we're, I mean, our first, like, anniversary meet will be in October. Yeah. Because we had our, like, that's just nuts. Yeah, um, it's a crazy feeling. And, like, I know you and me talked yeah. a little bit. We had, we had some good talks yesterday, man. Shit, we really did. I'm kind of in it now because I, yeah. I asked him the other day, I'm like, what be this is number eight? He was like, no, nah, dog, this is it now ten. number. Yeah, it's ten. ten. Like, Damn, we had ten already. I know, right? That's that's a yeah. lot. And jumping feds too, like doing yeah. different feds. Right. right. Um, that third fed, technically, we had one charity, so we ran four different organizations out of here now. That's awesome, man. Uh, but back to that original question, I think one of my first ones, uh, for me, that was crazy impressive and nerve wracking. Um, I was coaching Zach Myers at the time, and he came, and we hadn't. Dude, we hadn't even put the fucking horse mat on the floor yet in the warehouse room. So it looked like everyone was lifting with, like, it looked like you were lifting in a fucking cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> like, lunch lady style. Like, it was awesome. And uh, we all had we all had masks on because it was COVID. Mm-hmm. And I and I know some people are like, oh, the fuck you with the mask. Well, like, dude, that's what we had to do at meets. And not only that, I didn't tell many people this. I got a fucking call from the health department. The night before, we had weigh-ins and had to, like, explain all my protocols and safety things we had to put in place. And then because I took those measures, they were super cool about it. And they could have easily shut that shit the fuck down. Yeah, we've had friends uh, up north that had meets that the health inspector came down and shut the meat down in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, and that could have easily happened to us. But instead, I got to witness and shit my pants in my fucking khakis backspotting uh zach myers uh i think he took like 890 in sleeves and that was ended up being the total he uh the meat whose total he broke larry wheels uh 275 all-time world record total the first time and then we did it again uh zach was still being coached by me we did it again at uh the american pro the first one but that was probably one of the craziest lifts i got to witness um let me think. What's another one I was fucking buck wild to watch? Um, I don't know, dude. That that one meant a lot to me. But, like, me and Zach are super close. So, like, we don't get to see each other as often as I would like. And even though Zach's being coached by MJ Greeno now, um, me and him are still very close and very good friends. And he just broke the 308 mm-hmm. all-time world record total at my meet three weeks ago. And it was crazy to me to be able to watch him do it. And then also, like, not being his coach, but just, like, being his friend and there for him. And, like, we joke around. We're like, bro, like, the cave. The cave's your spot. Like, you've broken two all-time world records here in this building. And he's like, no, man, this place, like, always means a lot to me. Like, doing it here means a lot to me. Dude, both of us balls deep crying on the platform as soon as he walked up like he didn't even make it to me to get the award we're just like "Eh, eh." like (laughs) dude dude. it's and it's always been like that with me and zach and it's it's just really cool because he's such a very chill and humble guy 
Oh yeah. But like, and he doesn't showcase a lot of emotion. So when you see him like cry and stuff and be that vulnerable, it's it's just like, bro, it's it's awesome to see, man. So oh, yeah, I mean, lifting with him, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the first time I had to spot him, I think he was in prep for that meet. Uh, it was that five man team again. Learned how to use a monolith. Learned how to yeah. five man spot at your cave. And it's like he he missed the first one. We were just like, "Are you good?" And he's like, "I'm fine. Let's go again." We went again and he got it. Like whatever the number, I think it was like eight something. something yeah, we were in prep. Eight. Yeah, because it got on King of the Lifts, and I was like, "That's my arm." That's my arm on King of the Lifts. And then yeah. like later look, on, mom, that look. Week, it's like after the seminar, he's like, hey, "I need someone to kind of spot me on this bench." I'm like, "Okay, cool. What are you going for?" He's like, five sixty four, just for five. And I'm like, "What?" Excuse me for uh, how 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 many? Yeah. I can't even count that half. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I mean it's it's been it's been a really cool thing to just see the amount of talented lifters that have come to our meets and come through the cave and like been part of like our extended like family, man. And it's just like for me, it, it's an honor and it's such a different feeling to look at those kind of situations and where I used to be like, you know, so bent on training and so you know wanting to do my thing with my own totals and my own goals and powerlifting but now to be on that other side of the fence as a gym owner and a meet director and be like look at all the like look at all the friendships you made like, look at all the impacts on people's lives you're having and that was like a very real conversation between you and me yesterday where you're starting to see that and feel that and it's it's a fucking different feeling being on both sides of the fence man oh yeah i definitely feel the same i mean like I said, during uh, last night's talk, it's just during those last couple of deadlifts, you're looking around the room just going nuts. Yeah. You just feel the energy and you're just like, I can't believe I helped bring this together. Yeah. I think the and, best part, too, is that you have, we'll have spectators that just come in and they want to, and they watch the meet. They're like, damn, I got to do immediate chaos. Yeah. Just, no. I've literally had, shit, that was my coach. When he came here uh, to handle me when I competed here um, March. in March. And he immediately after that, he's like, dog, I got I got to do a fucking meet here. Yeah. Yo, this shit's crazy. And he he literally signed up. He ended up getting him and uh like five of his other friends to sign up for uh the beat in October. I'm like, damn, you was dead. He was like, hell yeah, bro. I, I got to compete at chaos. Got to compete at chaos. And then even just uh like, you know, we still have like friends and just other people that we see every so now and every now and then just like get week passes or day passes to just come through and stuff. And they you should even just here on like a lit day or like a Saturday. They're like, damn, I gotta, I gotta compete here. I wish I could be here more often and stuff. It's like, motherfucker, you can't just make that drive. No matter, no matter where you are, just make that drive. I mean, two of the kids that are competing today, um, or tomorrow, I mean, uh, they drive from Harrisonburg. They come down here and train because they want to compete here. They want to train in the building, so they drive from JMU. It's like two and a half hours, missing all the gyms in that area to come here and train. I think that's the craziest part too, because we had, we had somebody from Florida too. Oh so, yeah, Jack. That's, yeah, uh, I had him in the last USB. He's like, he's like, damn, we in Florida. How the fuck we get to Florida? <laughs> he's like, oh well, I seen your gym online. I like your pictures, your videos that you do for us, and then yeah, he was just like, I had to compete here, dude. I mean, it it, it changes you as a person. Like when you start hearing those stories, you can start seeing those things. Man, it really does. I know it. I know it definitely changed me. Like you don't you don't realize like how much you've invested but then like on the flip side of that how much of what you invested is changing other people like making them want to do stuff just because of like what they see of what you're doing mm -hmm. it's wild dude i think it's also it's just 
it makes us go harder too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it makes us more humble and it makes us like want to push even further. It's like, all right, damn, we made it to Florida. All right, shit, we got to make it. Sean, we got to get Arizona next. We got, we got to get Cali next, Sean. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you'll see it sometimes where it's like, you'll bring out these lifters, these special people that come out of nowhere. Like some of our videos go viral. You see them on King of the Lives. You see them on YouTube getting reviewed by people. Um, my coach's circle of people will be like, oh, yeah, we we saw. Like, my man over here squatted, ate something, ended up on King of the Lifts, no sleeves. And it was just like, yeah, that was his first meet. Dog, they were literally telling him the commands. Yeah, he was learning commands that morning. Literally. He borrowed someone's belt in the warm-up room before that third attempt. He had no knee sleeves. Solid day. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Solid, solid day. <laughs> it's, it's all right. I can read. I know. I wrote oh, the questions. Oh, so I can you. read. <laughs> I was just saying that. I woke up again. Uh, just like a fun question. Where did your name, Papa Bear, come from? Um. So, uh, it's weird because I just kind of reflected on this story uh, really recently because uh, one of the new guys at our at our gym is uh, on the force and uh, he's six foot five. So he's literally a foot taller than like a, literally a whole foot taller than me. Nicest dude ever. His name's Nick. Uh, weird because I wanted to give him a shout out on here. So I guess un- <laughs> unexpectedly, here's the shout out now. So <laughs> shout out to uh, Nick Acree and uh, Andrew Newell, two of the new guys at, uh, at the cave right now. So looking back, uh, looking forward to coming back and seeing you guys. Uh, but um, so and, um, Nick was wearing my belt. Uh, my old double prong like camo was something my first custom belt I ever had, and uh, so back way before like the foundation was an actual five hundred one c three charity, and before I had like EIN and stuff. Um, me and uh, Joe Pauline, another history teacher at my school, we used to take kids to like all these powerlifting meets, and we generally would do RPS just because like they didn't have membership fees. I mean like. We didn't have a foundation yet, so it was two broke-ass teachers taking all these kids with, like, fucking hand-me-downs to meets, like, from my after-school club. And uh, my school I work at is uh, high needs, 90% free breakfast, free lunch, uh, really rough area, like, heroin bus, like, everything's um, government housing. So, like, it's, it's a real, really rough area. A lot of teachers quit. Um, I've been there for, what, 10 years now? So I've been, I'm an actual like veteran teacher now. It's weird to kind of consider myself that. Um, so a lot of kids come from broken homes and like, I never wanted kids and uh, my wife never wants kids. Like I'm not a big kid guy as far as like, I mean, I think this is like a very true and selfish thing of me to think about. But like when I look at like what I'm doing for other people with like the gym, with the foundation, with all this other shit, like that was always enough for me. So like. I think for me, not wanting kids, like, I always try to put that line in the sand. Like, if I had kids, like, how much would that bleed into everything else and take away from everything else and ultimately make me unhappy? Because if I'm unhappy, like, you can't pour from an empty cup, dude. You can't Mm -hmm. do for others if you're constantly, like, run down and tired. And, like, we talked a little bit of that yesterday, too. Um, Because it has an effect. Because everyone expects you, like you and me talked about, I said this to you. One day, Sean, like, you're going to be that guy. You're probably starting to already be that guy. Like, you're the man. You're the dude that's in the middle of the shit, solving everyone's fucking problems, because that's who you are as a person now. That's who you are as a gym member. That's who you are as a meet director. That's who you are in this federation. 
or multiple federations. Like you become that guy. And I mean, Jess always joke around. I, I don't know. I've talked to Eric at length about this. Like, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be cool to go back and just be a lifter? Like, remember when we used to do this shit for fun and that was just it? Like, you didn't have any other responsibilities. Like, you just lift like it was a fucking hobby. But I digress uh, off topic. But um, so, I mean, Pauline were taking kids to meets and coming from broken homes and stuff. Like, a lot of kids, you know, didn't have mom and dad, um, didn't have stuff after school and kind of fell in love with powerlifting. And, like, um, a lot of them, you know, just started calling me dad. And like that, that fucking changed me immensely. Like it changed everything about me. It, it helped me stay in my sobriety. It helps me stay clean. Like it helped me make decisions knowing that there was kids that fucking called me dad. And I, I never had that before. And I just, I like, there'd be nights I'd just get done with the club and like go in my car and just like fucking close the door and just fucking cry in my car. Cause like, I, I just didn't know how to fucking process that at all. Like, that somebody would look at me and consider me, like, a father figure with all the shit, like, I've done poorly in my fucking life and try to get together. And so, um, when that happened, they just started calling me, like, Papa a lot. And then kind of just kind of grew into this thing where, like, they were, like, my cubs and, like, the Papa and the cubs. And, like, eventually, uh, Pioneer did a Christmas sale and, like, all the kids, like, uh, pitched in money and bought me a custom belt and it said papa bear rogers on my back yeah that was my first belt i ever had i never i always have that belt so when i saw nick wearing that belt training with me the other night he was like it was a cool belt and i was like yeah dude that fucking belt means more to me than you'll ever fucking know dude i've had that belt for like 10 years that shit making me want to ball up just thinking about it. Because I, god damn. Yeah, dude. Who cut the onions up in this? Sorry, bro. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. Freedom Riders, but like Travis. And it's like. God damn, man. I'm, yeah, it's it's weird to think about like how long it's been since like all that stuff was such a prominent force in my life and like where it evolved to. And uh, while we're on just on that topic, real briefly, uh, shout out to Joe Gray. Uh, Joe Gray. Um, if you're listening to this, man, I appreciate the shit out of you. I don't get to tell you that enough. I fucking hate when I do podcasts. It reminds me of what a piece of shit I am because I don't thank all the fucking people that got me here enough. We uh, love you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, Joe Gray runs the uh, garage gym competition, so that started in COVID oh, okay. when all the meets got closed down. So he started running that official garage gym comp there. Anyone could enter. Sent your videos in. You counted the weights. You entered it on the big-ass spreadsheet. And this motherfucker does all this in his spare time. Cool. Like It's not his job. Um, and he's wildly successful out of getting sponsors. They've had like juggernaut, they're giving away fucking ghost racks, like all kinds of shit. So I've competed in it and sponsored it every year since it came out. Um, this, and he usually gives back to a nonprofit as well. So this year, Joe has partnered with me as the official fall sponsor and nonprofit for Garage Gym. Um, and I'll post that link and shit uh, when it comes up. So I just designed their fall t shirt with all the sponsors on the back and stuff. And so. Uh, when you commit to it, like Joe donates a dollar, but in the t-shirt sales donates a dollar. So all that money goes back to uh, the Papa Bear Strong Foundation, my charity, which is we base the needs of the charity around what's going on at the time. And right now there's a huge food shortage. So all that goes directly to our food pantries um, in the surrounding districts to feed kids during summer break, winter breaks. And also goes to uh, winter drive clothing because we have so many kids that walk to school. So. Shout out to fucking Joe Gray. So thank you for reminding me on that and telling that story. So 
Never get a chance to tell people like that. Though. They're fucking appreciated. What's your sad story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'll, that, I'll sorry I got one of those. Super <laughs> fucking <laughs> sad, real quick. Now nah, it's fun to have like real stories sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You always, you always get stories with this guy. So try not. I try not to have the <laughs> the real stories all the time. <laughs> get dark real quick. So, um, I don't know, dude. There's things. There's things used to really like, and I know Eric has seen me. I'm mean, honestly like Eric. Like in the short amount of time you've known me. I think you have seen me change the most. And like what I mean by that is like I think about the kind of lifter I was where you and me met speaking of the power build mill like you know like 2 years ago and how much of like an intense lifter I was like fucking dude like crying on the platform and just like being in my shit like all the fucking time and like being very like emotionally invested in it. Now to like I think about I jumped in a bench only meet at my gym to help the referees see like what equipped bench would look like. And like, bro, I don't even have fucking headphones on anymore. I'm like cutting up with people in the warm up room. We're like talking like bullshit. And like, I'm just such a different person than I used to be. And I think it's just because of like, not only the, like the stress of like trying to do this and doing it for other people, but like you really start to current, uh, like, like, compartmentalize things like you really start to separate them like who you are as a lifter who you are as a meat director who you are as a gym owner and eventually who you are as a person and i think all these things really change dude like this and i i've told this so many times and said this in so many fucking articles and so many podcasts but like whenever i say this shit like i truly fucking mean it like this sport has given me absolutely fucking everything it gave me my wife. It gave me a second chance at life. It gave me my sobriety. It gave me some of my closest friends. It gave me people, people like Aaron who I fucking depend on. Like, it gave me fucking everything. And so when I say that shit at the end of our meets, I'm like, I sincerely hope this gives back to you as much as it gave me. Like, there's no truer words that have ever left my fucking mouth. That's real as shit. I mean, it's like I feel. I mean, I feel the same way too. Because I think uh, before getting into this, you know, growing like I growing up, I was always an athlete, and then so when they got to college, um, you know, it kind it stopped. So I didn't really have like that. I didn't have like that sport that I was like you know constantly playing or like trying to practice that and get better at. And then same. got into the gym just to you know. Like not get, not get fat, <laughs> so you know, got to the gym and just you know do, and was kind of just doing whatever. But I was bored and I didn't really uh, you know, have any like direction. I was kind of just like I'm kind of just going there, just to do whatever. And then kind of got into basketball back again a little bit, like just playing like pickup at commercial gyms and shit. And then, but it was just like yeah, this is boring and shit because it's like you know, like I'm going to the league, so it's like why 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 am I arguing with these old heads? Why am I why am I putting it all on the line at AmFam? <laughs> it's not worth it. And then um, my girlfriend Laurel, she uh, she was into you know the fitness YouTube and was watching like you know the influencers like uh, Christian Guzman, like owner of Alpha Lead, um, one of the biggest influencers from Virginia, Max Tuning. Um, yeah, I, for, uh, I always forget he was from Virginia. Right? He literally went to Midlothian. <laughs> yeah, I always yep. forget, man. Yep. Um, so we was watching him and stuff, and then uh, that's when uh, she some. 
I was I started watching him, and then some way somehow I came across uh Russ Wold because he did a video with him, and wow. then so yeah, so then uh I'm like shit, what's this guy doing? And then he's a I'm like powerlifting. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I was looking into it. I was like, you know, fuck it, let's let's just try it. And then you know, just a couple years into it, and it's just something that is just it's just it's just it's just fun, you know. And it's like I wanted to. I think it's. I think the the coolest part about it is that going to my first meet, I literally didn't know anybody. And like, I went into there, and it was just my coach, my sister, and my girlfriend. They were all just supporting me, and I could say that I walked out of there with at least five friends. You know, it's great. I met my fucking coach at my very first. My my coach now. I That's met him. Wild dude. I How met, long ago was that? That was. 2018 damn so like four or five years ago yeah and you're still with that same coach so it's crazy because we had uh so this was this was before i had transferred to vcu he was already at vcu but when i met him it's funny because he was he was fucking competing too and uh we just warmed up with each other and i talked a little bit and then after that uh got in we just got in touch and got in contact then his friends also became like my friends after that too and then later on we remember each other and linked up at vcu and then it's a couple it's years weird. later it's weird hearing you tell your story when we're like 20 feet away from like two of my athletes that are like, <laughs> watching me and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. my athletes are in this gym right now like yeah. come out like yeah both just came down to like hang out and train with me and fucking spot me and shit no yeah when like, i put you on the story like i've been telling you people were like oh my god travis is here <laughs> but, dude, and like i, I saw you. them yeah. walking up and i'm like here for travis aren't you like yep I'm like, <laughs> dude, but it was so weird because yesterday I told him I was like, it wasn't like that. I was, I was being like outwardly friendly for, especially for me after a fucking five hour drive. Like I was like being like super like, hey man, is it cool if I deadlift on the platform next to you? <laughs> like just like shit like that. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you're cool, man. You're, I'm like, are you using this? Like just overly polite and stuff. And I was like. I, f- I felt like I was back in the high school weight room, like when I was training with my kids. My kids got to the point where I was so much fucking stronger than all of them. Instead yeah. of them wanting to lift with me, they'd be like, that's your bench in the corner. Go to your bench in the corner and go be strong over there. And like no one wanted to hang out and train with me and lift with me. And I felt like that yesterday. I was like, well, no one wants to be my friend. <laughs> uh, one of our members, Ian, the yeah, guy yeah. you've been talking to, he uh, <laughs> he texted our our uh, in our IG chat yesterday, he's like, "Where the fuck is everybody, dude? Papa Bear Rogers isn't in here. Why isn't anybody at the gym yet?" I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric said, "Avoiding everybody." He's like, "I don't like anyone." No, it's not even close. No. <laughs> no, I was like you. My first meet with my brother. We went, I was back home in New York. Yeah. So it's just like fifteen lifters, me and my brother, and didn't know anybody. Second meet, hundred twenty lifters, me and my brother. Met some guys. I know on my platform. I still talk to several of them today. Third meet was at the cave. For uh, June last year, I came to the cave. Got tons of friends I met from the referee perspective, from lifting perspective, just from me. So you just make friends that, like, some have influence on your life. Some are just friends, and some are, like, Travis or, like, your brother. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, it's it's weird, too. Like, Eric says that, like, I was, I'm an only child. And my cousins, both my cousins are only children. So there's, like, fucking three of us in the whole family. That's it. So, like, it's weird to, like... I think it's different for me, too, because when I talk about, like, people I'm close with and, like, people I consider family and trust, like, it really is like that for me because, like, 
I, I really didn't like it was small growing up. So like I never really had that. Like when people are like, oh, my, my family's down. It's like fucking 30 people. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Who's That's my got, family. Yeah. I was like, who's got families as big? My family's like, all right, family's here. I was like, there's eight of us total. <laughs> like that's yeah. like a family gathering for us. So it's, it's my like, wife's family is. Yeah. yeah. So it's weird when I hear like people like refer to you as like brother and stuff like that. Cause like for me, that means something different just because like I don't have a brother. Like we always had small families. So like, and I think this is very true for Eric too. Like when we talk about like our referee team, like bro, there is like, there's a core group that is fucking tight. And like, it's not just people you like, Oh, we're referees and we work together. Like, bro, it is, it is fucking changed. Some of us, man. Like it's bro. Like I fucking talk to you. Like, at least every other day. Well, now you have to. Well, <laughs> forcibly, I, I have work to. for you in like two different ways. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, but like, I don't. It's yes, just no, so. It's just so different, man. It just, it, like I said, and I keep saying that, man. It like it fucking changes who you are as a person. It truly does, man. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. So like, I always got so upset when like, you know. Like, especially when I got hurt really bad. <laughs> that, like I said, like, it, it was that one time. Like, time, fucking a lot of times. Like, when I get hurt, like, fucking, like, taking myself out. And then just people were like, yo, you're so stupid. Like, why would you go back to this? Why would you? You've seen literally, like, one of the lowest points in, like, what it's done to your body and shit. And it was just like, always felt like if I stopped like other people that knew me would stop or lose something that they hadn't gotten from the sport yet. Like not that, not that I needed it, but like if I stopped early, like other people might not like, like let that fizzle out in them. And I knew that like, I wasn't done no matter what capacity that was either as a lifter. Like, obviously I know I'm never going to compete at the same intensity. I used to, I mean, fuck dude. I, Tell Eric this I'm doing I'm not happy to be here. <laughs> like I'm just happy I can still <laughs> Much literally different. still work out, like, you know. And then, you know, it's just longevity. Yeah, because when yeah. I first met this guy, I was on the flight before him in power build. So like after squats, I just went in the back and relaxed. After bench, I went in the back and relaxed. So after deadlifts, I don't have to relax anymore. So I got to watch his flight deadlifts. Like his last deadlift time, he's just standing there, headphones are on, in a zone, like there's no talking to Travis, like at all. Yeah. And then you meet him now and you talk to him now and it's like hanging out, having a good time, joking. Or at meets crying. Yeah, yeah. Always <laughs> crying. Yeah, I told Sean this yesterday, I'm the biggest pussy at meets. Oh my god. <laughs> if you've ever been to a cave meet, I cry every fucking meet. Like most of the time I don't even make it to like I used to at least make it to like someone be like speech, speech, <laughs> like from the back. And now it's just like people open the box of awards i'm like ah, ah. it's like <laughs> don't even fucking take nothing to make me cry anymore about it at least get home it's funny you say that because i think i think for us it's kind of like in a way kind of like the complete opposite to where i think for us it's embedded that we have to it's like we got approved to i guess our in the sense we got proved to our members that you know we actually do this shit like you know what i mean i mean yeah so like our story um i met clay at the last gym uh, we used to work out same with like Ryan, who's over here also watching us. Yeah. Um, we were in a commercial gym that didn't like us because we we're deadlifting, we we're squatting heavy, we're yelling, we're playing the loud music. And, all that. and they wouldn't let Clay use his biography or photography the way that he should be, which is powerful. Like yeah. his images are fantastic. Um, we when I broke off, I was very distant. I was very by myself because I was like, man, like 
what are we going to do? Because this crew kind of like looked up to me to know like what we we're going to do at that gym. So I was like, let's start this. Clay immediately quit. All the guys quit and came. So it was just gratifying to see that like, oh, like my team stays behind whatever I do. And from then on, it's always been like whatever we go through, we got each other's back. We're there. Uh, there's not a time that I can't text or call these guys and be like, hey, this needs to happen. Or, man, we just went through this. I don't know how we're going to do this part, but like we're going to figure it out. And when it comes down to meets, you'll see us, like you see me and Clay just running around with their heads cut off. When it gets towards the end, we'll kind of just look at each other and it's like, we're, we're making it happen. Yeah. And it's stuff that people told us that we couldn't do. We'd never be able to make it. There's not a market for powerlifting. There's definitely not a market in Virginia. And it's like, or you guys, yeah. are, you guys are selling out <laughs> yeah. meats already. Like it's your job, man. And early too. Yeah, this means we sold out for a while. I yeah. mean, like the first meet, um, I actually had to miss it. I was in the wedding, oh, and shit. so I'm like, we're gonna, out, dude. we have a sixty, we have a forty-five lifter meet to USAPL. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, we'll be fine, I guess. Like full staff is there, just not me. I came in like maybe just super early to touch up some things, and. I had to leave, go to the wedding, and I'm just looking at a security camera, just keep people filing in, filing in, filing in. And I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to hit capacity. And we ended up getting like 150 spectators out of those 45 lifters. It was packed the entire day. And I'm getting complaints because of just how packed everything was. And then from that point on, it just grows. Like our last competition, we had 400 spectators. Two days, 106 lifters. And that meet sold out in December of last year. That's impressive. That's good yeah. numbers, dude. And so, like, this meet, when I posted it um, pretty shortly after the whole uh, cataclysm with the last federation, it sold out pretty fast. And when people just drop out, someone takes their spot. They'll miss me. Hey, is there, is there any spot? Like, if I just did, like, one lift only, can I get in? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I'll ask these people to see if they have this spot open or not, but... It's exciting to watch this sport grow the way it is and how it's affected so many people. Like, everyone in here competes. Everyone in here supports each other like you saw. Like, everyone is watching how you did single ply today. And they're like, so you doing that next? You're going to bring that here? Like, they looked to us to do that and open those doors. So Sean, Sean looking at me like, Travis, you motherfucker making me call, this cost more money, bro. You bringing different specialty bars and shit. That damn bench bar. Right. <laughs> uh, dude, no, I was fucking with a couple of the guys. Literally. Hey, man, it was great to meet you. Make sure you tell Sean he sucks he doesn't have a bench bar. <laughs> I'm not leaving here till my man is definitely spending $700 on a bench bar. That was the thing, though. In, um, in NamFam, like, I would be the one that buys the bars. Yeah. We need something for training. I'm buying it so that we can train with it. Yeah. And then put a key on it so no one else, like, Jim Pop can get to it because yeah. <coughs> I would probably end someone if I saw someone. The pro lock lock collars, man. Four hundred fifteen pounds on and doing rectals. Yeah, we <laughs> we used to have a a little Titan six bar holder at a a world gym or was it a world gym? Yeah, it was a world gym in Millsboro, Delaware. That me, uh, Jess, and like two of our friends would go to, and I had pro lock lock collars on like the tops of the bars and shit, and they just let us keep us let us keep it in there until they got bought out, and then that's when I got the barn, and then. That's when I got the cave after the barn. Yeah. Oh, I, all I had was a closet, so I just locked that up. Because I came in one morning, I saw someone benching over my Texas deadlift bar. Oh, and I didn't see them do it, but it was just on the rack breaker. with chalk on the And I'm like, just like internally shaking, like, what are you? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. 
it's weird you say that thing about like who you can call and would like drop shit for you because i remember when like we first started going through the federation drama and the switches or in my case second time going through federation drama and the weird switches like i remember talking to you and like dude i feel like i feel like your whole your whole spiel on this podcast is just sit right next to me so i can just be like this guy right here the shit <laughs> the shit but i remember talking to eric and he was just like whatever whatever you decide i'm in like there's no questions there was no hey what about if we did this or looked at it this way it was like you told me whatever i chose you would back it and that was just it yeah. and it's fucking when i need shit this is the man i talk to period I mean, cause when all cause when all that shit was happening, he he was asking me and uh Chandler, who was Chandler and Ryan are the guys about like. I love. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, by the way, shout out to fucking Chandler. I love oh, Chandler, bro. When you man. when he came down into the practical at the cave, he fit right the fucking. Man. Like, it's the mustache. You gotta. <laughs> dog, Dude, I think you, makes him like lovable. When I when I when I tell you, you gotta be in here one day. He's lifting, cause I. T- it is, the, I think. Chandler, I told him this oh, the other day. Chandler has the best out of all of us. Chandler brings the best energy out of everybody when yeah. he is he lifting. Just got it, man. Because it's like everybody is crowded at whatever platform he is at, and he is getting lit, getting ready for his growls. Mm-hmm. And he just gets everybody just he brings that aggressiveness and just oh, that hype out of everybody just watching. Yeah, I'm excited for him, man. We are definitely. He, he gonna... was he was super excited we were gonna be here, but at the same time he was like, "Oh man, we could have ref together." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and then, dude, and just like, uh, and I, I said this to you earlier, just this, uh, just a showcase of what a stand up guy he is. Like, motherfucker weighing in to compete, and the first thing he looked at me and Eric was say, "He's like, hey man, as soon as I get off this scale, like, what do you guys need?" He came back. Yeah, and he came back. Yeah, I looked right. at Sean. I go, what I say about this guy? And it's literally him approaching the door like two hours later, coming yeah, back again. We have to kick. We gotta kick him out. Like, go, you compete. Like, yeah. get out. Like, and I told, I told Sean that I was like, these are the type of people you need to surround yourself with in yeah. order to be successful. You have people that have your fucking back. You don't gotta ask them. Yeah, they just do it because yeah. they see your vision, man. They see what you're trying to do, and they. They congregate towards it, dude. They surround you with it. And, dude, when you have that energy boxing you in like that, it's only going to get better and better and better. Honestly, that's exactly why I feel like everyone comes here, because they feel that energy of how cohesive we are and that this is a home. Like, every time you come here, we're going to welcome you. We know your name. We know your lifts. Um, I can tell you your favorite color most times. I can tell you that you normally eat this piece of toast on Tuesday at eight o'clock because that's what you always come in with. Like we keep that kind of like mindset with everyone because you're just family. Yeah. That's why our sign says "Welcome home" when you come in. No, I did. I like that when I pulled up. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, that's a nice touch, man." <laughs> but it ain't no bullshit either. Nope, it's not, man. I and I told you that last night. I felt home here, man. You made me feel very comfortable here. Like n- no doubt, and I don't say this lightly. Like if I didn't have the cave. And I was looking for a spot in VA. This is it. I will come here. And I've been to a lot of fucking gyms. There's a lot of nice gyms. <laughs> yeah, but people don't understand there's a difference between a, a nice gym with nice equipment and a nice gym with the atmosphere and nice people that need to go it's with it. It's all about atmosphere. Dude, it is. Yeah. 
I mean, shit, I felt it today. No, these motherfuckers knew how to spot single ply, and they just like, all right, we're doing this today. My man needs us. <laughs> and they jumped in and helped me out, man. And again, it's like we hear that shit, and it only makes us just want to keep going, just be even more humble. Because I think, I think every time I hear that, I'm like, man, you're impressed by it. You ain't seen shit yet. Just wait for it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we've had so many different uh, pros in the sport. Like, you're one of the the latest that come in but like we've had people just drop in day in because they're just like yeah i had to lift here they saw yeah. a sign yeah. online or something and they're just like yeah i'll be back and that means a lot because when i opened this it was just for a home for everyone who felt accosted yeah the ones who at gold's gym have their bars stolen the ones at AmFam where we can't deadlift the, the ones that you fit that it's like you got dumbbells up to 55 and that's it yeah. It's like I wanted you to have a home that you came to, and now I have top lifters who do go to these very nice other powerlifting gyms and gyms on the West Coast that are damn near next to the ocean. And it's like, yeah, you chose to come here, and I yeah, love they that. Choose you, yeah. man. That's a, that says a lot about your gym and about your character. And the, but I think the coolest part is too. They always are you going to be there that day? They, yeah, yeah. They they like, to are you sure. going to be here? Yeah, they want to. Are, make you, sure. are you lifting? And I'm like, I, I can't wait. I guess, but. I'm gonna make sure that you get a rack first. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to question Eric. What's your favorite song right now? Right. <laughs> that was so fucking <laughs> random. Bro, who went like completely wait yeah. separate, right? It's all good. Oh uh, right, right now, I don't know. Probably just I'm I like old school rap, hip hop, so that's pretty much what I listen to. But for me it's like anything ludicrous. Ooh. Especially right now with being in prep. So like anything, anything big. Only, only appropriate answer in front of me. Yes. Go. So yeah, for prep, like anything in big, it's always gonna be a ludicrous song. You, you got you gotta tell that story yeah. real quick. Right. So at my practical, during squats for like second or third flight, I mean, probably third flight because we we're sitting on the the right hand side of the platform or left hand side, depending on what you look, side you're looking at. The playlist was on. Ludicrous comes on, and Travis looks at me. and goes, "I would love to hit a PR squat on the platform to Ludicrous." I was like, "Yeah, I could deal with that." So then I go down to the cave last prep for my meet, and I had to do RP9. So we loaded up my max, which is probably like at that point was like 10 kilos over what I had squatted before. It's like, hey, Travis, uh, I got 160 on the bar. He's like, this is the first time you come to my gym and actually like maxed out, maxed out. It's like everybody else comes down here, always goes off program. You come down, you're always on program. Now all of a sudden you're going to go off program. So when I put the the reel on Instagram, I put a ludicrous song on it. He, He messaged me like, Ludicrous, really? Like I had to for you. Yeah, I was like, bro. And anytime we were together, there'd be a good song. Like, dude, someone played uh like some old ass Limp Biscuit. Like, I'm talking chocolate starfish and hot dog flavor water. Probably before that though, like break stuff era. And I was like, bro, somebody don't hit a PR to fucking Limp Biscuit right now. <laughs> somebody disrespect Fred Durst right now. I'll be, I'm fucking done. I'll shut this bitch down right now. But uh no, I still do that. Um so one of my one of my favorite bands is August Burns Red and I have like a tattoo and stuff. Um but one of the albums that got me through a lot of stuff was called uh Challengers. Or not Challengers, fuck, that's Memphis Mayfire. That's the other tattoo I have. God, dude, I have way too many tattoos. Messengers. Um I think you can use another one somewhere. Yeah, we'll fit it in. Maybe your um, forehead. Yeah, forehead. Forehead's a solid spot. I feel like it's very recognizable. Like you definitely gonna know who I am when I walk up. Um, so every time we have the third flight of deadlifts of the day, last flight, last third attempts, uh, we put on messengers at the cave, 
and I just stick my head in the back. Even if I'm a head ref, I'll just get up for one second and pop my head. I said, here's fucking deal. Messages on. No one lifts and no one misses shit. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then so, like, dude, that's how we end every meet. Like, I, I won't even, like, let them come out. Like, I won't even raise my hand and be like, bars loaded. <laughs> like, I just go, like, no, fucking put messengers on right now. And it, it's cool, man. It's like, yeah. and you start building that. Because, like, it's weird because I've had other people go to our meets and like, yo, man, I forget what it's called. You going to put that album on? <laughs> I'm like, yes, dude. Every time. Like, you might not, you remember the experience, though. And that's important, man. People yeah. like small shit like that. Like, the crazy part about that, I competed at the cave in June last year. I ref on Saturday, competing on Sunday. Like, Saturday's playlist was, like, off the hook, like, squats and deadlifts. I looked at Jess. I was like, hey, can we get this for squats tomorrow? Like, I need this playlist for squats. Yeah. And for those that don't know, the whole thing taking the cave is, like, office slash. Yeah, we clean out, like, the office kitchen mm -hmm. area. Right, so you're, you're sitting in there mm -hmm. with everybody. You walk through a doorway before you get on the platform. Like, for me, like, I was bopping away in the warm-up room, having to chill out. In the whole thing, everything was all cool, dancing, hanging out with the guys. Some of the girls that were in there. As soon as I walked through the door, I don't know what song was on. I just like just a white noise and here we go let's roll yeah like it could have been ludicrous could have been whatever I'm like yeah whatever yeah. it's that energy though, <laughs> man. It changes you, you, can, like, you yeah. can have a good song but like sometimes it don't even matter like you don't even hear that shit nope I mean that was the purpose of putting the iPad on the thing is that yeah I play. like that I, I like that and you that's almost song. how I do Art yeah. of the Cave yeah. but like yeah, I saw yours even with the label on it. I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah, we just throw on like one of me plays playlist that has like 400 songs on it. Yeah. And it's like you just hit play next if like you have a PR song coming up. Yeah. No matter who it is, it's like you don't skip it. Like if someone walks up and like touches the iPad, you know not to skip it yeah, for a song. Yeah, because like they're, they're queuing something up. Because you, you'll get put on a blast if you miss, <laughs> you miss with someone's song. Fuck I've done you, Clay once. took on my song, dog. No, I, I be, I be, I'll catch a couple of people too. They like, are about to change it when somebody's about to go for a PR. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. No, 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 no um, it took me a long time to open coaching back up. So coach for a while, I stopped and said I would only do programming only. And then I recently, within the last, say, year, year and a half, I opened back up for coaching. Um, and I think a part of it was on me. Like, it, it took me to get to a place in my life where I became a little more mature with it. Not in the actual programming, but how to handle situations because you know for such a long time as a lifter myself um i have no empathy like and that's just me as a person as well I, I have a hard time empathizing with people so like when you're like oh i didn't sleep i worked this shift my water's off i'm like dude i don't give a fuck like that's all variables you could control it's not my fault you suck to suck like if you want to fucking do bad keep doing your shit and doing bad and so like i had a hard time empathizing with that and obviously that didn't go so hot for some people mm -hmm. um but my thing is, now I only really accept people who are vouched for other people. Like, hey, Travis, my friend's interested in your programming. You know, like, they're really committed. Like, I need to have something like that. Like, I, I won't do strangers and stuff like that. Um, 
and I prefer not to take on like newer lifters, uh, which is weird because I know a lot of coaches like newer lifters because who doesn't want to take someone that's like just get into it and be like, bro, we added 300 pounds in their total between two meets. Like, of course you want that as a fucking coach. It makes you look great. You know what people don't want? They don't want motherfuckers like me. This motherfucker has been surgically put back together three fucking times and we're going to go tooth and nail to add five pounds to his total. Maybe. Maybe or die trying, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, dude, right. <laughs> so, like, nobody... I think the other part of it was for me for coaching is, like, I love coaching and I love... Uh, I was always much more into the programming of love. That's why I love writing for Elite FCS because now I can, public, like, professionally publish my programs. I just dropped one yesterday, uh, a four-day conjugate split with bodybuilding, which is a lot of people like, hey, I love watching your shit. So, if you're wondering what my shit's been recently, I literally just published it on Elite FTS. Um so, I mean, that's that's been really important for me this year just because it does give me that outlet. But um, I had really bad luck, really bad luck with coaches myself. Terrible luck. Terrible. And recently I just tried again. And it was a fucking huge flop. And I told myself this is the last time I'm never going to fucking reach out to anyone ever fucking again. And I'm <laughs> I'm not going to. So I've been off and on pretty much just coaching myself for like the last like 10, 11 years. And it's just going to fucking stay that way. I'm done trying with people. I'm done getting, like, fucking promise shit. I'm done with people like, oh, I specialize. Bro, you don't specialize in fucking shit. I'm I'm over. Everyone's fucking bullshit. So I'm going to coach myself until I'm fucking done done. Um, So I think that kind of resentment, too, had me a long time where I didn't want to coach other people. So, um, but I rate both RPE-based and percentage-based kind of things. Um. I'd say I'm a good coach. You would like to be really uncomfortable a lot of times. So I, I kind of, I enjoy that training style. So I think uh, moving more into equipped lifting and moving more into conjugate style stuff really suited me as, as far as my personality as a lifter too, just because of the, I mean, the variations can get pretty fucking extreme and they'd be pretty fucking uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But because of the spacing of it with your dynamic and max efforts, like I'm not putting myself at jeopardy as much as I used to, which right. is great for me because I love my legs reattached as they are. So I prefer to like not do that a second time. So, you know, I only squat like heavy, heavy, like when I come to the cave, when it, when Eric's there, cause I like <laughs> to make Eric super fucking nervous. I'm like, Hey man, you coming to Yeah, I'll be there on time. Cool. I got a, something for you to spot. <laughs> so usually only one to two times a month. <laughs> I think people don't understand the nuances between coaching and programming, and a lot of people use them synonymously with each other. I feel like a lot of coaches start coaching by just selling programs, and then they get a couple of clients, and then they honestly keep selling programs, but not coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think it's dependent on what you need. Mm -hmm. Some people only need a program and some minor tweaks, a little bit of form correction. But the majority of people, I feel like, do need like some stronger guidance. Oh, yeah. I 100% I agree. I, I just also don't. I, th I think the way, like I said, I've been self-coaching and had a lot of rough luck with a lot of that stuff. And I think uh, figuring it out myself and making me tougher in that aspect is, definitely has its merits to it. Um, I think there's a lot of fucking hand-holding. Um, that I don't agree with, mm -hmm. which is fine, you know, 
You don't have to agree with my opinion. That's why we're different fucking people. But I think the hand-holding shit is it's not for me. And it's not for anybody who wants to be coached by me. Um, not that I'm, like, overly, like, fucking terrible to my people or anything like that. But I, like, I had a guy. He's like, bro, last night had a glass of champagne. I was like, weird, random thing to tell me. Why, are you okay? He goes, oh, no, you told me good job today, so I celebrated. <laughs> so I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty solid. Like sh- saving that verse. He's like, you told me this looked good, and I was like, fuck yeah, I deserve this drink. I was like, all right, fair enough. Now yeah, every mm-hmm. time Andy says like, good job or that looked great, I'll send him like a little like happy crying thing. Like, yeah, so proud of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I I just think the position I'm in in my life now as a lifter in my career, where I've taken more the dude i'm just fucking excited to be here approach um made coaching a much more viable option to me because i wasn't constantly like i'm not constantly pushing myself to where where i was which was obviously like super dangerous levels so i think i think your perspective changes as a coach as you advance as a lifter depending on which way that sways Mm -hmm. you know whether you realize you're a maturity lifter or things happen that change you or just in general, I feel like that's pretty much been like the whole fucking shebangabang of this conversation night is like shit just changes you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one other fun, a very off topic one. Sure, why not? All right, yeah. so in the spirit of America and our God, Lord and Savior <laughs> and Goat, Joey Chestnut, how many glizzies are you guzzling in a contest? Yeah, ten minutes on the clock. Ten, ten, ten minutes. minutes. Whole Lizzie gotta be gone. I think. So I'm not a train professor. Honestly, I think I'm tapping out around twenty, bro. <laughs> you think you can get twenty? Twenty? I think I'm. I think twenty is at the point. No, I think like, bro, these just straight Lizzie's. No, but like, I, I think no bun. Actually. Nah, I think they use um, bun. They, they like bun. so. This yeah. is with bun, yeah. bro. You tapping out before twenty? You yeah, fucking I'm, kidding? I'm, no, so I'm thinking with the bread. Nah, no, dog. so I'm th- I'm thinking. I'll argue about. I'm, this. I'm thinking around at seventeen. That's where I'm thinking. I can't do this shit no more. To where I'm thinking, like, damn, I'm really about to throw this up. But so like, like I'm going seven five or six. <laughs> yeah, like seven, but, seventeen glizzies with bun. That's RPE ten for you, bro. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying at seventeen. I'm seventeen. I'm thinking about quitting, but it's gonna be my pride. My legacy's on the line. I need to. I need to get twenty. It's like I need to. I need to get this three more. My pride's gonna carry me to twenty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because at that point, it's like, because it, it's like, damn, you got the seventeen. You quit. You quit before you got the twenty. I feel like I. I I'm gonna force myself to get to twenty, no matter what happens. I feel like we need to stop the meat tomorrow like (laughs) take our break like take our normal break between bench and deadlift but between squat and bench i almost feel like we gotta see you try we gotta have a glizzy off yeah. Oh no, it's not an off. I'm oh, not. Oh, you, oh, 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 you I'm just, not oh, oh, it's a one man show. I was like, I was just gonna get on the mic and said, "This motherfucker said pride to 20, so let's see it." <laughs> if he does it, we can continue. Yeah, yeah bro. What yeah. about if a whole meet was on the line? 
Oof. Like your trip to Nats that's coming up. Like oh, if you don't finish bro, twenty, yeah, like yeah. oh no, nah, I'm getting I'm getting the twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what's happening. I'm getting the twenty. I'm not gonna lie, it's so fucking disgusting watching that shit happen though, because yeah, they be right? dipping in the water and it's just soggy and it's just oh, nah, be, yeah. I can't imagine it. Nah, not a good time, man. Not God. a good time. I just don't. I just for me personally, I don't see how you don't get tired of. How are you not tired of eating hot dogs yet? Because I, I, feel I, like, I feel like this is a really long and elaborated metaphor for powerlifting. But <laughs> like, is that the secret intention of this question? Well, I don't, it's I, like you're really looking at me. You're like, how are you not tired? Of this? <laughs> <laughs> how are you not fucking tired of this bullshit yet? I don't because we eat hot dogs for ten years How are you? Not, how are you not tired of? Because for me personally, I can't eat the same. Sh- I can't keep keep eating the same shit like that on a re- regular basis. All the time. Yeah, how many how many years in a row you've been doing the same fucking style of programming? Five now. Mm. Yeah, five. Oh, so, so we're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen more to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's solid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm bigger than twenty. I'm not gonna hold you. Right. Like I'm you bigger than you, but 20? I don't think so. Really? Mm-mm. Life on the line. Off. I'm gonna choke on one pause. I think you're good for 25. I think you're good for 25. No, I just think you're good for 25. <laughs> sure. <He's> saying, <laughs> it, was, it was a compliment. He's saying right. you have the willpower that we don't. They do this all the time. They always think I'm like they always think I'm calling them fat or some shit. They do this all the time. Nah, man. If we if, if we get 25, I tell you what. If we could get if we get Tim Brown and Josh Miller's vote in here right now, they would all put it on me. Oh yeah, fucking hands down. They've those boys seen the way I eat. They're like, where, where does it go? Yeah, <laughs> where does it go, man? I feel you, but like, can you eat twenty? Uh, not a fucking glizzies, dude. Like, can you pick something better than that? Well, that's what the contest was. They I have, know, but I'm just thinking they have like everything. some. I it's because I automatically go to the most negative thought possible. Like, I'm thinking some old cafeteria cafeteria style, like boiled half ass green. <laughs> Like hot dogs I mean, like I, that. You do see that on the regular. All right, wings. Ooh. All, all flats. All Ooh. flats. Yeah. What flavor? How long do I got? Dry or wet? Mm. Wet. I was gonna say dry. I was gonna say lemon pepper. Uh, I think. I think the. You I think. Wet? I think if you did dry, the salt consistency is gonna make it stop yeah. early. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything Parmesan or garlic. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Or like Old Bay. Old Bay. Mm. Dry yeah. Old Bay, you'd be fucked, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wet honey barbecue. It's weird, dude. I've never really thought about this question. And bone in, right? Flats. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Bro, I'm. How do you even ballpark something like that? I don't know. I'm going 50. You, uh, that's you what in I high school, you try it, and I definitely got 40. Being, being I was going to say around 50. I, that's what I, I, I think yeah. a 50 would be a safe bet. I think I got more once we established some ground rules. <laughs> I'd say 50 is a safe bet. Yeah, I, I grew up on wings. Right. Yeah. We had like a, a spot back home, and like they did wing night. You pay 15 bucks, you get all you can eat wings. So me and the boys would go, and you get like 40 apiece. Yeah. Whoever whoever don't finish, like they're the ones paying. Born and raised in Buffalo, I can do some wings. Ryan's yeah. uh, Ryan's over there waiting for this podcast to be over so we can go get some. He's like, let me get this straight. You motherfuckers gonna talk about food when we're supposed to be going out to dinner right now? <laughs> talking about wing dings and how many glizzies you guzzling, and we're not out at dinner yet. Have you seen Ryan eat 
No, so I want to. The day that we I'm came, gonna, we, <laughs> I'm gonna tonight. As soon as this podcast over, with. we came up to your gym for that uh, the coaching cert, right? Yeah, yeah. Brian in the middle of it, he's like, "Hey, man, you trying to get lunch?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like, so we go to Chipotle, right? I get my little chicken burrito, a little bit of vegetables, whatever. It's kind of a fit burrito. Ryan gets every fucking topping, like three of the meats, and double wraps it. And then towards the end of it, he's like, "Hey, man." Trying to go to the steakhouse that's by the hotel. And I'm like, <laughs> we didn't even pay for Chipotle yet. <laughs> I guess, man. We get there. He had the fattest fucking steak. Had an appetizer for it. I'm sitting there like, I'm barely going through my appetizer because I still fall off Chipotle. And I'm like, I see why you are such a giant man. Like, Ryan can eat. And he can cook. That's another thing. Have you ever had Ryan's cooking? No, like, why the fuck would I have had Ryan's cooking? Guess <laughs> <laughs> you make another trip. Me and, uh, me and Eric are penciling in that part of your practical tomorrow. <laughs> it's at the very end. You just haven't seen it yet. You have to check off the box, and we have to sign next to it that we've had your cooking. I mean, he has a whole Instagram about it too. You have an Instagram, a cooking Instagram? What? Yeah, some wild shit. <laughs> this podcast got random as fuck. It did. Super. I told you it random. wouldn't be like the most serious yeah. thing ever. No, it's yeah. fine. No, I enjoy it. Yeah. We'll wrap it up there. Is there anyone else you want to like shout out? <laughs> Such a weird fucking spot to wrap up. All right, bro. We, we are we cooking? No. All right. All right. We're done. We're done here now. Um. Yeah. Uh. Big shout outs to. Liam, that owns Zone Smelling Salts, and Kevin McHugh, part owner of Live Large. Y'all been taking care of your boy and the rest of mine for almost five fucking years now. And uh, I'm very honored and humbled by how much they have given, supported, stayed with me when I went through some fucking crazy shit. And not once did them motherfuckers ever flinch or knew that I wouldn't be back. So, to undying gratitude to there's some real fucking sponsors, man. No, no fucking bullshit promo code shit. I'm talking like take fucking care of us like we're family. So, shout out to those two. Um, also, we're dropping new Bear Down Steel smelling salts in about six weeks. So, me and Liam have been working hard on that. So, I'm super excited with that. Um, Shout out to everybody at the crew, or at the crew, the cave, the cave crew, uh, for just making all this shit fucking possible for me, for staying behind me, for taking care of the place when I couldn't be there, for agreeing to take care of it if one day I just can't be there, as grim as that sounds. Um, and shout out to my ref team, man. Shout out to fucking Eric. Appreciate everything you do for me, man. Appreciate everyone on the ref squad. But uh, it's, it's it's very honor honoring and humbling to be here with you and just see all the shit you guys have done in a very short amount of time. And it makes me happy that we're doing what we're doing because we get to see people like you who also are like-minded and want to see this shit grow as much as we do. So, like I said earlier, I sincerely hope this gives you as much as it's given me. been the best journey yep. like, it's been hard but it's been the most worthwhile it's and most worth rewarding it. every day is worth it we definitely don't walk in here and it's like i hate it here it's no i love it here 
I will be here as much as I possibly can. And we jokingly say it, but we don't really mean it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always those days, but. Oh, yeah. Um, I said it the other day. I wish we never did this shit. But no. We could just own up our own garage gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we would get stuck with each other. <laughs> um, I would just shout out Pinnacle Health. That is our telehealth clinic that helps get you feeling exactly the way you should feel. Like me and my testosterone. <laughs> you should have segued that out of the hot dog thing, man. Right? You're like, speaking of glizzies, <laughs> these boys help me get mine right. <laughs> Eric, you want to shout anybody out, man? Sure. My coach and business partner, Cynthia and Strength, Aaron King. Without him, we would not be meet directors for this man. Helping people, Maryland Lift, um, Travis Rogers, and... So many others that have helped me grow as a referee and to be where I'm at today because of their knowledge and their caring. Man, I, I've run really, really, really hard to take a cheap shot at you earlier, so I might as well do it now. Dude, when we were sitting right there and I had uh, fucking Daniel and Justin over there looking at me for clients, I was like, uh, two people I coach in here. And then I kind of like started to look <laughs> at you and I was like, hey, man, remember that one time we were super close to getting together and right. you were like, nah, son, I'm going with Aaron. <laughs> I almost took that cheap shot at you earlier on the podcast. So. Fuck that. Clay. Nah, no free clout. Nah, man. I wasn't asking you if you were shouting someone out. I was literally saying your name, and I was just saying, man, it's it's been a privilege, man. You're a cool dude. Yeah, yeah you too, man. Appreciate you. Sean's been, you know, Sean put me on to you years ago. You know, you've been, you've definitely been somebody that he's looked up to for the longest, and, you know, I've always just, I've admired you from afar, just because, you know, um, just watching, just, you know, learning, watching your meets and then what, looking at uh, your stories and stuff and just, you're, you're just, your will to, and what you've been doing to every day, just find a way to, a different way to give back to the sport and just not being, just no thought of walking away from any of this shit is really just, um, not only is it a testament, but really it's just, it's literally how we want to carry ourselves every day with this shit. And we, we both appreciate the fuck out of you. That's Thank why we you. rode this way with WRPF. Yep. As soon as we knew where you were going. We yeah. Went. Appreciate that, man. Yep. Really do. Yep. All right. I want to end it on one more note, right? Because as we said, and it sums up everything, too. Everybody sitting here in front of you at this table gives to the sport. So I want you to know, anybody listening to this, watching this, if you compete, that's for you. If you coach, that's you make money. That's for you. Right? None of that is giving back to your fucking sport. And I know there will be some people who have different opinions on this, and that's fine. Fuck you, too. Um, if you want to make a difference in your sport, get out there. Do something. Become a ref. Right? Volunteer your time. Help these dudes set up gym events. Help do something productive that you don't directly make money off of, man. That's not given to the sport. Right? And once you start doing shit like that, it'll also change the game for you, too. So I truly believe that if you really want to make yourself a better lifter and better at the sport, that it needs to come from more than just one side of the platform. Hell yeah. Is that true? Keep this goddamn gym clean. Yeah. Leave it better than you felt. He, he was talking to you, bro. Put the, <laughs> nah, put the fucking clips back where you got them from. 
Tired, we're tired of waking up. We're tired of coming in this bitch every morning on a fucking 30 minute hunt for a clip. <laughs> because you people jamming in the most awkward fucking <laughs> places, man. Like, God. You talking about clips or glizzies? Jamming them in all these weird ass spaces. I can't get it out. Tired of it. (laughs) My back hurts. Thank you guys. Fantastic reviews. I've been holding a piss for at least 35 minutes. (laughs)